Hello, welcome to Black British Girl Talks Crime, Finance, etc., a podcast about crime, finance, and other things. Each week, I will bring you a true crime story or financial advice or just about life as a black girl in British society. Follow along for true crime stories, tips on budgeting or home ownership, and general insight into current events and black British life. So, we are heading back to July 27th to 29th, 1999, when the US president was Bill Clinton. Um, the UK Prime Minister was Tony Blair. We were listening to Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera. Or if in the UK, If I Let You Go by Westlife, West which was in the top five. And The Sixth Sense, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan, was the most popular film. But this episode is going to focus on Mark Oren Barton, an American male from Fulton County, Georgia, USA. At this time, Mark is 44 years old. He is married to his second wife, Leanne Vandiver Barton, and has two children from his first marriage to Deborah Spivey, or Spivey. Matthew David Barton, who's 12, and Michelle Elizabeth Barton, who is 10. He was raised in South Carolina. He had visits to the local hospitals due to accidental overdoses during his university life. However, he did graduate from the University of South Carolina with a degree in chemistry. The family, that is Mark, his first wife um, and children, they ended up moving to Alabama. Barton's employer, a manufacturing company, required them there. But this time, Barton grew paranoid. He started distrusting his own wife. There was a lot of paranoia. He even tape recorded his employees' conversations at work. He lost his employment, actually, after his performance plummeted. He was also caught sabotaging data at the company that had fired him in 1990 and was charged with felony burglary. I'm not sure what happened with the case. I think they reached an agreement between themselves. Barton found a new employer in Georgia and remarried. He worked at Momentum Securities and the Alltech Investment Group. He was called the Rocket due to his explosive nature doesn't seem like a nice person to me through my research i found he was arrested for breaking into a drugstore age 14 and age 20 he didn't serve any jail time for this apparently he was mean controlling in his first marriage and routinely referred to his first wife deborah spivey as stupid um he was a suspect in the 1993 beating deaths of his first wife deborah spivey who was 36 and her mother eloise spivey who was 59 in cherokee county alabama however he was never charged for their murders and always denied having had any part in them especially as he just took out a six hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy on his wife also his colleague said he belittled his second wife just after she suffered from a miscarriage So, so far, there is a combination of depression, a cruel, explosive personality, paranoia, drugs, and debt. Debt, this is because Barton received a $294,000 insurance settlement from his first wife's death. The rest was given to, you know, out different places. But um, he used these funds to finance his day trading career, preferring high-risk internet-related stocks. In June 1999, he lost $105,000 and Momentum Securities cancelled his account. Nine months before that, in October 1998, Barton was unemployed and called his wife and said he was suicidal. 
when his wife when his wife returned home from work he said never mind i've already killed the cat yes he shot his daughter's cat and pretended that it was alive and he looked for it in the same month october 1998 leanne moved out due to her husband's disturbing behavior and rented an apartment for her and his two children and started divorce proceedings july 26th she reluctantly let him back in that's july 26 1999 no she reluctantly let him move back in so fast forward to july 26 1999 he changed his will to leave all of his assets to his children the day after on july 27th 1999 after losing twenty thousand dollars on the stock market barton woke up early in the morning of his house he shared with his second wife leanne and children matthew and michelle he bludgeoned leanne to death with a hammer while she slept the next day he took his children to get their hair cut and killed and beat his children the day after on the 28th of july with the same hammer he covered them with blankets and left notes on their bodies some of the notes read well this is a note a part of the note that he left it was a typed letter that was found by their bodies there was little pain all of them were dead in less than five minutes i hit them with the hammer in their sleep and put them face down in the bathtub to make sure they did not wake up in pain, to make sure they were dead. He ended the letter with, you should kill me if you can. He also left handwritten notes on top of each child and his wife. Each note paid tribute to the victims. On July 29th, this is day three, at about 2.45pm, he went to the offices of his former employer, Momentum Securities. He asked to speak to the supervisor about getting his job back. Witnesses say that Barton briefly chatted with co-workers. He had made comments about 2.50pm saying that it was a bad trading day and something to the extent that it was going to get worse. Apparently, he asked a passerby before entering, are you going to stick around for the bloodbath? After chatting, he suddenly pulled out two pistols and opened fire. He shot and killed four people, Edward, Kevin, Russell and Scott. He attempted to execute Brad Shomil, who was shot three times at point-blank range. By 3.07pm, Barton then walked to the nearby Alltech Investment Group building, where he stopped working in April and entered the branch manager's office and spoke to him and his secretary for several minutes before saying, I've got something you want to see, and pulled his weapons and shooting the two employees. Both were seriously injured but survived. In the ensuing shooting spree, however, five customers were killed. Alan, Dean, Joseph, Jamseed and Vaidwati. Barton left the scene before police could arrive. The police searched his house and found the bodies of his family and the notes that he had left with them, in which Barton vehemently denied responsibility for the deaths of his first wife and mother-in-law. An intensive manhunt ensued four hours after the Alltech Investment Group shooting. Barton accosted and threatened a young girl in Kennesaw in a shopping mall parking lot which he had stopped at, apparently attempting to secure a hostage for his escape. The young girl escaped and called police. Responding police officers spotted Barton in his minivan and a chase ensued, culminating at a gas station in Ackworth. As law enforcement attempted to apprehend him, and with no way out, Barton shot and killed himself. This is one of the deadliest shootings in Atlanta, and police also found 200 rounds of ammunition in the van. I would like to quote the sources that I used for this episode. That is nytimes.com takemeback.2, ajc.com and a book called Blindsided Homicide where it is least expected by Jeffrey K. Moffat.